All right, it worked. I think it worked right there. Come on, man. Yeah, you timed it perfect. So I don't remember what time I chose right there, but welcome once again to another episode of Folks Talking Sports. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar View, the host. Joining me right now is the young lion of the trio, Andy Yanez from the Community Impact Newspaper and Paul Slamma Jamma. Willie Gibson should be joining us shortly to complete the trio. Well, Andy, let's get right into it because I want to spend more time talking about the Alliance and Pac-12, all kind of stuff. I want to get into Rockets' discussion. Rockets made it official with the announcement of they re-signed Armani Brooks, but it's just an Exhibit 10 deal. So that's the third Exhibit 10 deal that they uh, signed this week. The other two were uh, Tyler Bay and Dacia Nix. I'm not sure what this means for Armani. Um, for fans who wonder, let me get this. I think Will's joining us right now. He's popping in, popping in right there. Hello, sir. Hello, Mr. Gibson. How are you, sir? I'm well, sir. How are you? Doing well. All okay. right. An Exhibit 10 deal is a one-year non-guaranteed contract, minimum contract um, with built-in clauses enabling, in this case, the Rockets, to convert them to two-way contracts so as long as the conversion takes place before the regular season begins. Otherwise, Armani Brooks, because that's what we're talking about right now, uh, on Exhibit 10 deal become non-guaranteed minimum deals. Exhibit 10 deals also feature bonuses between $5,000 and $250,000 that kick in if the player is waived and that player reports to the G League affiliate for at least 60 days. Uh, folks may wonder, what's a two-way contract? The difference. A two-way contract uh, permits players signed to that deal to be active for no more than 50 games during the regular season with no limit on practices, workouts, or other activities with the NBA team. Beyond that 50 games, the player spends time in the G League. So Armani was in the G League with the Rockets this past season. He, he, he I guess, was bumped up to the big boys. And now he's back on an Exhibit 10 deal. Andy, the Rockets got 14 guaranteed contracts. You can only have 15 during the regular season. So what does this mean for Armani Brooks? Uh, I think this is a wake-up call for Armani Brooks that even though he would he showcase last season in a bit of stretches where he could be a valuable asset for whether it's the Rockets or any NBA team with his shooting, it's not enough. And even in the summer league, it kind of worked against him with the health and safety protocol that he had. Um, still, I believe they never announced that he had tested positive, but uh, they, with the amount of time he missed, you'd, you'd kind of wonder – but you know, never he only got to play in two games in the summer league. Didn't do so well in the first one. Had a had thirty point outing in the final game of the summer league for the Rockets. So, I mean, that's really all I could take away from it. I mean, it's a wake up call for Armani Brooks that he has to show a little bit more. And the Chronicle, Jonathan Fagan says, reports that Anthony Lamb would be also brought into camp with the possibility of having that other contract, other guaranteed spot. Mm -hmm. Which kind of surprised me. He had, yeah. both of them had one great showing in summer league. Okay. Um, the Rockets may opt to just keep that slot open and not sign anybody to a guaranteed contract and just go with the two way deal so he can 
you can have up to two two-way contracts and then six exhibit 10 deals but of course exhibit 10 deals become different once the regular season begins so in case folks are wondering let me pull it up real quick some of the guys on the guaranteed contracts for the rockets we know john wall eric gordon christian wood jalen green daniel tice dj augustine david nawaba Danwell house alperin shangun usman garuba josh christopher kevin porter Kyrie Thomas, guaranteed for this year. KZ Martin, Jayshon Tate. Out of, out of those 14 spots, I don't see any problems with them. With, with that yeah. 14, so Armani, in this sense, I'm kind of curious why Armani and his people re-sign with the Rockets. Is it not a better option out there for him? I think they're, you know, he's been on himself, possibly. You know, clearly the Rockets love three-point shooting. But uh, I mean, this is going to be tough for him to make this squad, man. And, and even if he makes it, the playing time is, time. yeah, he won't get a lot of minutes. Will. Yes, sir. Mr. Ohio. Mr. <laughs> Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Pull the camera down, man. Like you should, you're sitting down, man. You, you know, rise up to us, my brother. Scoot up, move, move forward. Yeah, good. yeah, I'm good. Okay. I'm uh, kind of indicative of how I feel right now. All right, uh, Cavs made a trade today. Kobe Altman, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Enlighten us on that deal and, and give me your thoughts. Yeah, um, there was a signing trade. Cleveland sent a three-team deal, including the signing trade. Kevin Love, or see, I see what you're thinking right there. Yeah, thinking, thinking. You see where my head is at. Yeah. Um, Cleveland sent Larry Nance Jr. to the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, Portland sent Derek Jones Jr. to Chicago as long as well as a lottery-protected first-round draft pick, as well as. Um, I believe uh, Chicago or Cleveland sent a uh, second round pick to Chicago as well. Chicago signed uh, Lori Marketing to a four year, $67 million contract. And now he's a Cleveland Cavalier. Uh, my, my thoughts? Yes, sir. Uh, again, we wonder what, what Kobe Altman is thinking. Because it was clear this team, well, let's back up. Two to three years ago, this team lacked size. They had 12 guards on a 15-man roster, literally. So they lacked size three years ago. So now he has size, but it's the wrong size. He needs a wing. He traded, we all knew uh, Larry Nash Jr. was uh, the only viable trade piece that they had in order to improve this roster. Last summer, um, he had a trade with a team for two first-round draft picks for Larry Nance Jr. And he turned it down saying that was not enough. So we thought, okay, hey, well, okay, two, two late first-round draft picks, okay, fine. But to trade, what he, to trade him for what he did today, and this 
Come on, Will. <laughs> doesn't make sense. I'll say that. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't. Um, he's the only GM since Dan Gilbert bought the team that earned the second contract. He has two years left on his deal. Um, he felt secure in this position, clearly, to make this trade. But to trade Larry Nance for another big, when, by the way, with the third overall pick last month, you drafted Evan Mobley, and you also, in the first day of free agency, as well you should have, re-signed Jared Allen to a five-year, $100 million contract. You signed Lori Market, who, by the way, had no market. He was struck. He's been a restricted free agent for day one, and no one – well, I won't say he had no market. The market was drying up quickly for him. Right. And you threw him a life raft. You threw him a life raft, and I, I, the only part that makes me feel a little bit better about this is I talked to a source about 4 o'clock, and I just saw it again reported probably within the last hour. But I talked to a source about 4 o'clock, and buyout discussions with Kevin Love have begun. So, makes it feel a little bit better. But the return for Larry Nance is inexcusable. Larry Nance was not just a player; he's a veteran. He was a veteran in that locker room that kept those young guy kept those young guys together. Other veterans, well, that will shall remain unnamed, may or may not have been steering young players the wrong way. Larry Nance was the veteran that was going to make sure they ate well on the road, made sure they spent time before and after practice working on the game, um, made sure they watched film, things of that nature. And beyond that, he's a legacy. Larry Nance Jr. Larry Nance Sr. has his number has his number in the Raptors. Actually gave his son permission, gave the Cavs permission to take 22 from the Raptors so his son could wear it. Grew up 30 miles from, he's another kid from Akron. LeBron's the kid from Akron. Larry Nance Jr. is a kid from Akron as well. And off the court was phenomenal. He did something last year. Um, I know I'm long-winded. You asked me a question. But, oh, go ahead, man. Um, he, uh, during the pandemic, reached out to local establishments where every game day he wore a T-shirt of a local establishment pregame, made sure that cameras saw him wearing that, that, that paraphernalia, T-shirt, hat, whatever, and then after that game, auctioned his jersey off from that game. And the proceeds from that jersey, he matched and donated to that establishment for the night. So that's the type of guy that Kobe Altman traded today. And Portland's ecstatic. Portland well, should ecstatic. be. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. Ecstatic. I mean, a, a defender, someone who's going to rebound, someone who's going to set screens for Dane. I mean, they're ecstatic, but it's the Cleveland aspect doesn't make sense at all. Okay, well, if when they do agree to a buyout with Kevin Love, mm-hmm. how are you going to divvy up the minutes with marketing Jared Allen and Evan Mobley? Exactly. Exactly. As a quarrel, because the people uh, say, oh, well, yeah. They, yeah, right. Because people say, oh, well, they could play, they could play marketing at the three. Well, you drafted Isaac Okoro number five last year. So you have two guys on Ricky deals, but you go out and sign Lori Marketing for $67 million, who plays the same positions. Make it make sense. Yep, four years, $67 million. Good on him. Good for his agent. 
without question. He, he, his age needs to represent uh, Dennis Schroeder. Oh. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's another issue right there. All right, guys, in case folks are late tuning in, we shifted to Friday today because we was covering the Cleveland Browns Sunday, and it would be too much to go at 7 o'clock on a Sunday Central. That's why I moved to Friday. And once football season begins, you know, college zero week starts tomorrow. Right around the corner. So uh, we'll get into a routine where everybody can find us and know when to, to find us and stick to it. Um, may do more than one show a week as a trio. I'm going to try to do some, some of my one-on-nones individual shows um, two, three times a week, as well as interviews. Armani Brooks re-signed with the Rockets, but it's an Exhibit 10 deal. I uh, wish him good luck. You know, Rockets got 14 guaranteed contracts. An Exhibit 10 deal is not a guaranteed contract. It's non-guaranteed. So he's got he's to work his way through it. And once again, let me go over the, the, the guard wings for the Rockets. Because this is what he's, he's dealing with. Guards, John Wall, Eric Gordon, Jalen Green. DJ Augustine, uh, Josh Christopher, Kevin Porter Jr., Kyrie Thomas. I didn't. I didn't mention the wings like David Nwaba, you know. So, good luck to Armani Brooks. You know, I, I'm really curious, if Rocket fans, if you're tuning in on YouTube, what are your thoughts on this? They had one comment say Rockets need to keep him, him, him and uh, Kyrie. Okay, where are they gonna play? Who's it going to beat out for minutes? So good luck to Armani. And we'll see how it all plays out. But I want to shift gears to college. College basketball and, and the American. Specifically, Imani Bates and his commitment to the Memphis Tigers. Mm -hmm. This Wednesday, he and Jalen Duran reclassified from the class of 2022 to 2021. Both have committed to Memphis. They will be eligible to play this season for the Tigers for head coach Penny Hardaway and assistant coaches Larry Brown and Ball Don't Lie Rasheed Wallace. So the Tigers, majority of preseason polls I've seen put them in around top 10, top 15. Seth Davis, I think it was Seth Davis with the Athletic, has them 19, one spot behind the Houston Cougars. It's August 27th. I really couldn't care less about preseason picks one way or the other. But I think it's good for the conference. But I want to get you guys' take initially, and then I'm going to play a clip from my interview I did today with Steven Johnson, the second one I did with him. But today, spoke to Steven Johnson from the Daily Memphian. He's a beat writer for the Tigers, men's basketball. And he has some, it's about a two-minute clip. He has some thoughts that I really I picked a segment for you guys to check out, and, as well as the viewers. But... Your thoughts on Imani Bates, 6'8", 17-year-old superstar, high schooler, who supposedly was the next KD, the next this, that, and the other. As a freshman, he kind of plateaued so much so that folks began to question, is he a, a top five, top ten player anymore? But just your thoughts, Andy, you first, about Imani Bates and that talent, a five-star, another five-star Mm -hmm. committing to memphis yeah the penny hardaway recruiting 
what would you even say? The magic that he has in recruiting, for lack of a better word, continues. And um, I, I told you this when when it was officially announced. I think it's perfect for for Memphis. I think it it, it kudos to the whoever tweeted it. I don't know if it was Jeff or it might have been Lawrence Sampson from the UH. A men's basketball account uh, like about an hour after the news broke they, they tweeted out a picture of their american athletic conference title in the ncaa midwest title um so it just adds fuel to the fire to that rivalry but i mean really what a positive what a great get for the american athletic conference as a whole um to have more eyeballs on the conference like you mentioned and a lot more national attention for memphis which in turn is more national attention for the entire conference and um, like I said, probably a little bit more fuel to the fire for Houston, especially if you start seeing a lot of these national, um, whether it's reporters or, or, you know, just people that follow the sport nationally, they might pick Memphis over Houston to start the season. I think Houston loves that mentality of being an underdog. Will, what do you think? Uh, I, I think someone needs to check on Tom Izzo. Because didn't Monty Bates commit verbally to Michigan State? He did. First. Yeah. And, and when he did, I mean, nobody thought he was going to college. Of course. Anyway, of course. so then he decommitted. Right. And I think his dad and his people, dad mainly, mm -hmm. realized that Imani's only 17. You know, initially they thought that he'd be able to declare straight out of high school, go to the NBA, but they have not changed any rules. They thought that the NBA would change it for Imani Bates and get back to uh, taking high schoolers straight out of high school to the NBA. Yeah. Nope. Then they realized, okay, well, let's decommit and then reconsider our, our options. And this is where they are. It was down to, what was it? Memphis, Oregon. Yep. I think Michigan State was still considered or the G League. So what do you think? Well, I mean, Tom Izzo, he ain't crying. He, he could, you know, okay, whatever. No, you know. no, 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 he's fine. He's fine. But starting the NBA changing that real thing there about two years away from changing that rule. I'll, I'll leave that there. But um, about two years away. Perhaps. Uh, but, you know, my thinking, how about this? It impacts the G League. Yeah. You know, if you keep it as is the way it is now, you get you the, the high school seniors who don't want to go to college, go to G League for that right. one year and then declare for the NBA draft. They can do it that yeah. way. So, you know, those options are there. Imani's talented. Yeah. Some folks have said he's he's got, and this is, I think, warranted because so much has been put on him. He has a chip on his shoulder. There goes that phrase again. There about yeah. every lazy media person to ask a player now. Um, because of the expectations, he's hot-headed. He gets technical fouls in games. Hey, players going to challenge him. Upper Cummins going to challenge him. No, no. Dudes in no game going to challenge him. See what you got, man. You know, that kind of stuff. Get in, try to get under his skin and all mm -hmm. those things. Mm -hmm. Being 17 years old, I'm going to see how he adapts to college basketball, to, to expectations. Memphis fans, Memphis basketball fans are different. Okay. Mm -hmm. they, they live and die with Memphis Tigers basketball more than the Grizzlies. Yeah. Memphis Tigers fans, I mean, truly live and die with their Memphis Tigers basketball. Mm -hmm. So how will he be able to handle the heat, the pressure, as Penny says, the smoke? If Amani has a, a bad game, a bad week, 
some of those fans be like, you ain't all that. We, we all got all excited because of this. You ain't nothing. That kind of stuff. So how will he handle that? Right. And because he's so young, he can't go to the pros for the 2022 draft. He has to stick around for one more year. Now that one more year may not be at Memphis. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing Steven Johnson touched on. So the whole interview with me and Steven, the conversation, as I call him now, trying to get into that vernacular, it's about 13 minutes long. So I'm on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. He he suggested that he wouldn't be surprised if Imani one year at Memphis and then went to the G League mm-hmm. for a year and then went to the NBA. So that possibility right there, but Here's about two minutes of my talk, my conversation with Steven Johnson. Guys, check it out. What does all this mean for the conference, the American Athletic Conference? Well, I think for I think it I think it helps everybody. It's more high profile games. You know, you know, ESPN is going to be try, ESPN, CBS. They're going to try to do the best to get as many games of Imani Bates and Jalen Duran as they can, and that means that for your Wichita State, UCF, Tulane. That means you're on ESPN2 playing with Memphis. And, of course, like we kind of talked about earlier, now if you're one of those teams that can knock off of Memphis, then that only is going to help you down the line in March as well because if Memphis performs to their expectations, they'll be a top 25, top 15 type team. I think this also means that the those games against Houston, I'm really ready for the AAC to drop the schedule. Those games were already going to be intense, intense battles. There's going to be wars now because I know Houston has added some guys and bring, brings a lot of guys back. So, I, I, I'm gonna circle that game on my calendar, as I'm sure every Memphis and Houston fan is as well. No doubt, and and I can I can truly believe that Kelvin Sampson and the staff have have if they haven't already, they will tell the players. See, none of y'all picking none of, none of them picking Houston now. Mm. It's all Memphis again. So, mm. oh yeah, Houston again. Eat it up, everybody. So so I'm looking for those matchups as well. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you have an idea when the conference is going to announce the conference schedule? Not yet. I'm still waiting for Memphis to release this. Uh, they released their home non-conference schedule. I'm waiting for them to release the uh, away games as well, too. I know they have uh, Memphis plays Tennessee, at, plays Tennessee and Nashville on December 18th. Uh, they're going to Brooklyn for the NIT season tip-off at kind of on Thanksgiving week where they'll play Virginia Tech in the opening game. So hopefully sometime by next month, I would think. Well, yeah, yeah next month or so because – I want to see how I, 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 I'm interested to see how the conference positions those games with Memphis and Houston. Do you start it off early or do you kind of save those two games for the end of the season where, you you know, potentially I think Memphis and Houston will be in a race all season. So they could set it up potentially where you can have a regular season finale with the two best teams, not only in the conference, but maybe in the country facing off for of that conference crown. Thoughts on that could be two of the best teams in the, in the country. Yeah, that that caught that caught my attention too. But I mean, he hit all the points really, especially when it comes to uh, I hadn't thought of it for the past two seasons. Um, CBS has ended their their game prior to the conference schedule with Houston and Memphis as that game. I'd imagine it, it'd be something similar to that. That's kind of become a for the two seasons I've covered. It's kind of become a hallmark for the way the season ends. I could totally see that continuing, especially. Um, if it's the CBS national game at, at around noon, I believe, or I think it might be at 11. Um, one of those years at 11. Yeah. It's 11 o'clock. Yeah. Time. Yep. But it's kind of like that prime time slot. Um, but yeah, I'd be interesting to see how they, they, they schedule them, maybe have one early in the season, have the second one 
Uh, later, I know for the past two seasons, they've kind of, well, they only played once last year, but before they played in February, towards the end of February, and then like two weeks later, or, or a week or so was the game. But um, he hit it all, all the points in terms of this rivalry for between Houston and Memphis, which is honestly the only rivalry, at least from the men's basketball perspective, where you, you actually feel them when those games happen. Not only are the games always good, they always end up coming down on the wire. But I can speak from experience, so that, that was the one of the only road games we were able to travel to. I was covering for the Cougar at the FedEx Forum, and I was sat behind the Memphis fans. They were just – every time Kelvin Sampson would get up and scream at a player or whatever to call plays, you would have Memphis fans telling them to shut up or nonsense, like heckling the entire game. Um, so that, that, I love it. Just it's that atmosphere that – I mean, that's what college basketball is all about. Well, what do you think about what you heard? Yeah, it'd be interesting that um that rivalry, the 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 fuse has been lit, I'll say. Mm-hmm. And um I mean that's what you know networks do. They want to put the premier games on with their their premier pro, premier programs for that conference. And kudos to the AAC. I mean, like you said, Tulane, UCF, those 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 teams now, and you know, I know Ron Hunter is excited that now his team is, you know. Mm-hmm getting some some run and uh interesting for for uh for for penny and memphis and what you said earlier about the one year piece is is he gonna only be there for a year and not be around the next so i mean it's a win-win it's a win-win for the conference it's a win-win for for memphis it's a win-win a win-win uh for the networks i, I wonder who, who will get uh, well, ABC slash ESPN get one of those two matchups because I, CBS has had the the game, one of the games, mm-hmm. last two seasons. So I, I wonder who will get the other matchup. I'd imagine it, it might be split because I remember in the 2019-20 season, uh, the first game in Memphis was on ESPN and the second one was on CBS. So, But uh, this past season, Houston was who they played, UCF or somebody was on ABC. Right. So it was one like the conference's first. This is this will. Yeah, that was the cool. conference's first, the first game on ABC. You know, the seven eight years of the conference. So I wonder if ABC will toss. You know, tell ESPN. Oh yeah, we want this game Saturday high noon. We want it. Y'all just cover everybody else on ESPN. We want one of those two games on the big channel. I think so. I missed that. You said the first, the, the first game that month on ABC. No, no. First game that week. No, no, no. You heard correctly. That was the oh. first American Athletic Conference game on ABC in the what is it? And the eight-year history of the conference to air on ABC. They've had other games, obviously, on CBS. Not a lot, CBS, but mostly on ESPN, ESPN Two, and ESPNU. Oh, first game for men's basketball. For men's basketball yeah. on ABC. Got it. Fair won't enough. Be, won't be the last now with, with Penny and uh, Houston team coming off a of Final Four. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. And early in the week, just run down this real quick. I got to get. I want to get into the discussion about realignment, the alliance, Big 12, Pac-12. But U of H announced finally, because we touched, touched on it um, <laughs> Sunday, their non-conference <laughs> schedule. Expensive game against Montana Tech, November 6th. That's Coach Sampson's, the first the school where he had his first head coaching job. So they're going to be at Fertitta Center home game. 
November 9th to start the season. Hofstra, November 12th, Rice. These are home games. Will, mm. November 16th, mm -hmm. Houston hosts Virginia. Yes. The combined score of that game. 20 won't, to 19. Won't be out of maybe 120. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like 61, 59, something like that. I'd be shocked if it's, if it's more than if anybody gets in the 70s. Yep. Then the Cougs go to Maui. First game they play Butler on November 22nd. Then they'll either face Texas A&M or Wisconsin on the 23rd. And then 24th, either Oregon, Chaminade, St. Mary's, or Notre Dame. Everybody in that Maui gets three games. So win or lose, you're still going to play the next day. November 30th, back at home, Northwestern State. December 3rd, Bryant. December 6th, Alcorn State, home game. First road game outside of Maui, December 11th at Alabama. December 14th, home versus Louisiana. December 18th, neutral site, Fort Worth versus Oklahoma State in the Dickies Arena. December 22nd, close it out, non-conference at Texas State in San Marcos, Texas. Andy, what are your thoughts on that non-conference schedule? No, 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 no. Will, the, out, the outsider, what are your thoughts on that non-conference schedule? It's decent. You have Alabama, you have Oklahoma State, you have the Maui. So it's five games. Um, Virginia? Yeah, yeah, Virginia, Oklahoma State, and, and the Maui. I mean, yeah, that's, oh, that's it, Virginia. I said Alabama. Yeah, yeah, decent. It's decent. You know, it's a balance because I got to admit, when I was going down, I was like, man, Bryant, Rice, Alcorn State. I was like, yeah. You know what? I thought that too, but I'll say this. In basketball, you can kind of get away with the cupcake schedule somewhat, somewhat. Yeah, it's a good balance, and until – the NCA metric, the net ranking, you know, they said when it first started that the margin of victory would, would be capped at 10. I don't know if last season because of COVID and how there was so much, not enough data to go into the, the formula, margin of victory seemed to play a, a bigger role mm. in the, the metric last year. To get back to, if, if it's still a factor this year, then the Cougs will be fine. They're going to mash these, these lesser-known schools and help their ranking. Yeah. If it's capped at 10, then they'll have, in terms of the metric, a lot of 10-point wins. <laughs> so, but, Andy, what are your thoughts on the schedule? Yeah, like you, you guys mentioned, a lot of balance. What, what stood out to me is the, the amount of home games they have uh, for the non-conference part. I think their only true road game is against Alabama and then, of course, the, the Maui Invitational, but that's much and more Texas of a neutral State. Texas State. Oh, correct, correct. Yeah. But, um, yeah, outside of those, a lot of games at Fertitta Center, which and a couple of high-profile games at Fertitta Center, too. Um, but I think it's a good stretch. And like you mentioned, uh, that portion where they, they face, you know, the Alcorn State, Bryant Universities, I think it's a good to have them lined up where, you know, it, it sandwiched off the, the Maui Invitational and you know, a couple of the other more high profile games that they have in a non-conference before the 
uh, end of the year and the American athletic part of the schedule starts. So overall, I think this was a good job of them just balancing everything out, where something went, and kind of going on these stretches where, depending on what happens at the Mali Invitational, they have those three games where they'll be a favorite win, and you'd imagine them. It's more of being able to perfect um, the craft before getting into those high-profile games and going into the conference part of the schedule. And as long as the conference is good beyond Houston and Memphis, Wichita mm. State should be good again. Should be, I think, tournament team, borderline tournament team. SMU, same thing. UCF needs to be good. Non-conference these teams got to make hay and get it done in the non-conference. If the conference has five or six teams throughout the season, Battling for an NCAA tournament bid that helps. If you got a bunch, you know, if you got East Carolina who beat U of A's last season, you know, for U of A's on the road, um, you need the rest of the teams, the bottom half of the conference, to be good. Non-conference, pick up some quality wins, non-conference, and then you look good in conference. Then the losses won't hurt you. You know, one thing Steven Johnson touched on toward the end of our conversation. He does not believe Memphis will sweep Houston. Um, he does not mm-hmm. believe Memphis will go undefeated. You know, like I said, Memphis fans are different. You know, they they, yeah. they wear those glasses and we got the best team in school history and all that kind of stuff. We're going we're gonna roll through everybody. No, not according to Steven Johnson. That's not gonna happen. But so all those things on the table. Watch the full interview on my YouTube channel, Houston Round Bar Review. Gentlemen, let's get into it. I'm not sure how often we're going to talk about this, but continue talking about it. But <laughs> the Pac-12 made official what I expected, many people expected, that they would not, they announced they're not going to expand for now. At this time, that's the term, that's the key, at this time. Mm-hmm. But prior to that announcement, what, hours or so prior to that announcement, John Wilner from Bay Area News, Mercury News, San Jose Mercury News, etc., put together wrote an article, and he said, and he he hinted at it, said plainly that he did not believe that the Pac-12 was going to announce expansion. They're going to expand right now. He said the clear choice, and he latched onto that term, the clear choice from everyone else, available schools at the Pac-12 should consider is Houston. He said no to BYU because of religious affiliation and other factors. Other schools in the Big 12, TCU, uh, Baylor, just, just not academically on par with Pac-12, etc. His reasons for Houston, one of them, athletic budget. U of H is on par with, in terms of spending, on par with, with the Pac-12 schools. U of H is about $22.9 million for equipment and facilities. Pac-12, $22.98 million, about the same. On coaches' salaries, U of H, $16.55 million. Pac-12, $20 million. You know, of course, this is, this is per school, per member school. Houston's football power ranking over the past five years is 57.4. Pac-12 is 49.3, which that kind of surprised me. But 
the Pac-12 basketball past five years. U of H, Ken, Ken Palm rating, 20.2. <laughs> Pac-12, 82.7. Houston has produced more ESPN 300 football recruits than any city except Miami. Since 2013, Houston's football program has drawn an average of 3.3 million viewers on Fox, ESPN, ABC, and CBS when facing Power 5 opponents. Of the Pac-12 teams, only Oregon's viewership is higher at 4.66 million. And his last thought, once Oklahoma and Texas leave the Big 12, the Big 12 will have zero presence in the massive southeastern Texas region. Thoughts on that? Will, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a natural fit. I mean, for for those reasons and, and some others. I mean, Houston, I mean, <laughs> I think they raised the profile of the Pac-12. The Pac-12, as you said, outside of Oregon, really hasn't done a lot. Really hasn't done a lot. Was it 82.7 82. Yeah. basketball? But, but 80, yeah. 80, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you, well, Will, you're talking basketball. Yeah, football. football. I mean... Well, see, that's the irony. I think all the numbers we study, Houston's football program is the anchor, <laughs> is is pulling down Houston's athletics. Yeah. Because basketball is doing great. Um, let's see, baseball kind of going down right now, but track and field, great. Swimming, diving, solid. Yep. The football program is the one that's like, come on, Dana, do your, do your part. You know. Yeah, but in comparison to the other, the Colorado in comparison to Oregon State, Washington State, etc. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So it, it makes sense. It makes sense. So it's clear, as you said, the the caveat at this time. Right. At and this see, time. And that's where I think Pac-12 is going to go to renegotiate and negotiate its new next deal, TV deal, media. Excuse me, media deal, media rights deal. It comes up in 36 months 2024 but they can begin talks with in about 18 months i think in these next 18 months houston needs to get everything lined up dot those i's cross those t's so if because i think here's a question i got for you guys with do you think bob bowlsby would espn because of what Bob Bowlesby said and accused ESPN of colluding with the American, would ESPN not negotiate another deal in the future once Victor's deal expires and just says, you're on your own? Yes. Yes, they will. Especially if they're staying the way they are constructed right now. They're not really losing much. Yeah. So, okay. So in that case, if, if that, why even consider the Big 12. So then U Vates does everything. Got those I's, cross those T's. Fox, NBC, whoever, but Fox, because Big 12, Pac-12, games on Fox. Fox says, hey, Pac-12, George Kliakoff, commissioner. Yes, we, we, we want to talk to you. But have you considered, we urge you, we strongly urge you to consider adding Houston to your conference because if you add Houston to your conference 
We like the demographics that they bring us in the state of Texas in Southeast United States. Huh. Fox executive. It's funny you should say that. We have been talking about Houston, considering them. We've had talks with the AD, president, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera the board. We think that could work. Thoughts on that? What do you think about that? 18 months from now, what, could those talks, could those similar talks happen like that 18 months from now? Yeah, if Houston's not still not. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Houston's not going to turn down an opportunity trying to join a, uh, one of the P5 Oh, no, no, schools. no. I'm going from the Pac-12 perspective. If Fox goes to the Pac-12 commissioner, president, and says, we, we are willing to up our offers to you, average per school, but we urge you, strongly urge you to consider adding Houston to the conference because if you do, the money we will pay per school is going to go up. Hmm. I'd imagine if all the schools are getting more, then you have to do it. But from what I've gotten talking for you, Chris, it doesn't sound, it seem like the Pac-12 always makes the the clear-cut decision as they, they phrase it in the article. Well, see, that's that's the thing. And that gets me to Pete Thamel, Yahoo Sports, today. He had an idea for the Big 12 to consider adding eight schools to go to 16. The eight schools are BYU, Boise State, Colorado State, San Diego State, Houston, UCF, USF, and Cincinnati. And break those 16 teams into four pods. West, Boise State, BYU, Colorado State, San Diego State, Midwest, Iowa State, KU, Kansas State, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor, TCU, Texas Tech, and Houston. In parentheses, he writes, Tulane could go here if the egos of the Texas schools foolishly block Houston. Hold that thought. I'm going to get to that. Comment on that in a second. The East Pod, Cincinnati, West Virginia, UCF, and USF. In parentheses, Memphis could go here if two Florida schools aren't wanted. Back to the Texas issue. Egos, not the word I'd use, foolishly, no, cowards, cowardly. If TCU, Baylor, and Tech are too scared to have Houston in the conference, they're cowards. If you want to compete, you say you want to be competitive, you have Houston in your conference. Baylor, TCU, and Texas Tech do not carry the Houston market, TV-wise. They don't. Never did. The Longhorns carried Longhorns and Sooners draw more eyeballs in Houston than those three schools. Without them, the Houston Cougars carry the Houston market. They don't want it. Houston, they're cowards. Point blank, they're cowards. But they've done it before. So what's shocking if they do it again? And then, in that scenario, Houston stuck. And you got to go to Pac-12. But Pete's 
Pete's rationale for doing this, expanding, adding eight teams, one of the things is outside-the-box thinking. But one of the things he suggested for rationale is you rating the Midwest, the Mountain West Conference, as well as the American. So you're just cutting those two conferences and just cut them off at the knees. So you're strengthening yourself and weakening your nearest competitors. So you would definitely, if you're not still part of the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-12, you're definitely not the Mountain West and the American by adding these 18 to become a 16-team conference. What about that? Thoughts on that? Will? Interesting. Interesting thoughts. Interesting thoughts. Um, are they? I mean, I, 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 I defer to you on this because you're in Texas. Are they? Are they cowards for not wanting to compete, or is it they don't want to split the money? I don't know. I'm asking. The question. They're cowards. Okay. They're okay. cowards. Okay. Because they, you know, when the Big Twelve formed years ago, Baylor politics got involved years ago. Okay. To get Baylor in and Houston out. That's politics. Which I could toss in right now. Um, I, I want I want politicians politicians to get involved now. They got they they were up in arms when Texas bolted for the SEC. It's going to hurt our 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 state schools and it's going to be an economic hit of half a billion dollars. Said said, okay, why don't y'all speak up for the current state schools to get into the Big Twelve? I've heard anything like that. Got so you're, you're all up in arms about the Longhorns leaving, but you're not saying a peep to get Houston and SMU in the Big 12. Okay, which is it? So I'm not, I'm not a fan of the Big 12. I'm not a fan of the people in the Big 12. But if they are going to do the smart thing and invite Houston and increase Houston's budget, great. You know, Max Olsen from The Athletic talking about reporting that people, some of the Big 12 folks are upset at Tillman Fertitta for what he said a few years ago for speaking the truth about the, the process involved when they had all the uh, potential schools pre do presentations to them. And then, oh, yeah, thank you, but yeah, we're, we're not going to expand. And Tillman calls him out on it. And if those folks, Max Olsen saying, those folks are still mad at Tillman for saying that. Get over it. So, over so it. let me ask this second question for me. Knowing this, why would Houston accept an invitation if offered? If it's the only offer that's there, that that's that's the only reason to accept it. If the Pac-12 says, "Be patient," or hmm. or do X Y Z, do these things. We're going to go to Fox, NBC, heck, CBS. CBS won't have college football in, what, three years when the SEC leaves. So if, if the Pac-12 does that, by all means, go to Pac-12. But if Houston doesn't have any other option, you know, Big 12 says, 
you know, we're not big fans of y'all. You don't like us. We don't like you. But TV-wise, money-wise, having y'all in the conference is going to get us the most money. Where do we sign? Hmm. Andy, what else? Because who, who else? I ask you, Will, but then I go to Andy. Will, would the Big Ten invite Houston? No. Okay. No. And who else is there? ACC? Doubtful. Doubtful. SEC? No. no. So Houston has two options. Unless TV, ESPN says, okay, we're back to where we were. What was it? Three weeks ago when we had Sam Khan and Joseph Duarte joining us and Michael Resco and ESPN partners, Disney says, Oklahoma State, Kansas, BYU, Boise State, come join us. You join us. Our TV partner is going to give us $20 million per school per year. If that happens, stay where you are. Hmm. But that means. You know, if the money, if the AAC, if Michael Resco can increase the payout per school, stay where you are, Houston. But if the Pac-12 comes calling and say, we can get y'all, Fox Sports tells us, Fox Sports and CBS tell us they can pay us a combined per network, $40 million per school. Well, that beats $10 million from the AAC, AAC and $20 million from whatever. That trumps that. That's a no-brainer. Andy? Yeah, you've hit on all the points. At the end of the day, it's all about the money, uh, regardless of whatever whatever conference ends up giving an offer Houston, if any of them do. But like you mentioned, I think if Houston had a choice, they'd probably prefer Pac-12. The question is, the Pac-12 has an offer, no extension, and it doesn't seem like – it's all – it's all muddy. Like, you have no idea what will happen. And I think if Houston were to join Pac-12, it'd certainly be good for, like you mentioned, maybe you could even divide the, the Pac-12 and you can have, you know, the Arizona schools, maybe even the Southern California schools. I, like, that that would get attention. And obviously, it, it there's a lot of moving parts. And a lot of it's just up in the air. It's a lot of speculation. I mean, there, there have been rumors where the 12 might only add, like, say, BYU or another one of the schools that just go back to being 10. That that doesn't seem like a, a good long-term solution for me for the Big 12 in the long term. And I, I saw that today, Will, about, you know, rumblings about Big 12 adding BYU football. Uh, mm-hmm. Really, that's football. Uh, see, that's the thing right there, Will. If the Big 12 adds BYU, is even looking at BYU and not Houston, that's a problem. Demographic-wise, rating-wise, Houston's on par with BYU, rating-wise. The numbers show it. There's an article in The Athletic. Cincinnati, it it was BYU, Cincinnati, Houston. Number-wise, Houston's numbers, ratings numbers, were better than Cincinnati's. Yet, the Big 12 is considering Cincinnati and BYU. Come on, Will. If, 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 If all the numbers are showing prove that Houston beats Cincinnati, beats all the other schools that the Big 12 is considering, why aren't they considering U of H? 
the cowards. It's personal. Yeah. It's personal. You said it's personal. it. You it's said petty. it. You know, that, that's yeah. it. You said that's, it. You know, that's why. Tell me, call them out. That's why I say it's got to come from uh, the networks, TV folks. And, and just, and that really what it, that's what Houston is, is stuck with. And that's something that still, the, the people within the university still thinks that I remember when we interviewed Ron Huey on our pod slam and jam up. So like a, a couple of weeks ago, he brought, he brought it up. He brought up how he remembered how they made him do all these presentations just to announce that they weren't expanding. So even at U of H, they still remember that process. So it goes both ways in terms of the black blood between the, the big 12 and U of H. Yeah. And it, and it goes back. Well, this, this shows you how petty and personal this is for some folks. When mm -hmm. Houston was an independent, and joined the Southwest Conference in the mid-70s. Mm -hmm. U-Base football ran over the Texas schools in Southwest Conference. Ran, just ran over them. Just destroyed, dominated the conference for the first three to five years. Dominated. Right. That's what those folks are afraid of if they invite U-Base to the Big 12. They're afraid of history repeating itself. Mm. Okay. Well, if that's your mentality, do better. Recruit better. Right, right. Bring in more talent. Bring in more coaches. You've had a budget advantage for years over Houston. So all of a sudden, Houston won't, if Houston joined the Big 12, the money won't, they won't get a full share. So they still be behind the, the Texas schools. Right. Y'all can't make do with what you got and haven't. All this time to beat Houston? You're still afraid of Houston? You're still being that petty? So Sounds like it. Sounds like yeah. it. And the media, the Nash media, not enough of them call, are calling it like it is. You know, that, that's what this is. You know, Texas schools being foolish, it's not foolish. Yeah. If a network but you guys made up, the, said the point, and get back to it. You guys don't believe ESPN is going to negotiate a, a future deal with the conference, right? You know what y'all said. Y'all don't believe y'all. Be, y'all believe ESPN and the Big Twelve are they're they're done. Yeah, That's y'all believe, right? When you get accused of of trying to conspire to to break up the Big Twelve, and especially like I said, if they stay packed or. I mean, say they only add two schools if it's a BYU and someone else. That doesn't move the needle for ESPN after what and what happened. And I just don't see the. Uh, it, it's hard for me to see that happening for ESPN to just put that aside when the I guess the benefits aren't necessarily rewarding. And, and now BYU has a has their own deal with ESPN, independent, you know, football, and they've had it almost since the beginning of ESPN's beginning. Existence, 30, whatever, what is it now? 35, 40 years. How long ESPN's been around? Yeah, about 40 years. BYU's been a part of ESPN in some past for quite a while. So would why would BYU want to leave that, their independence, and join the Big 12? Right. Join a conference. I, I, based on what y'all says, let's carry that further. What if ESPN tells BYU? We have a deal with y'all currently. We're not going to forget. We're not going to let what they said, what Big 12 said about us publicly 
go. We're not going to forget that. So you keep that in mind if you consider going to, going to the Big 12. Oh, well, then they don't go, clearly. See, I was surprised y'all said y'all said that about because money money makes people do strange things. Money makes folks forget. Money makes people just well, you know, Bob Bowlesby said this about y'all. Oh, he didn't mean it. <laughs> you know, we we passed things up. You know, we talked to Bob in a closed door sessions, and we cleared the air. We're all on the same page now. Y'all don't believe that's gonna happen. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't believe that, that's gonna happen. It's possible, sure. Possible, Andy? yeah. Andy. Yeah, like I mentioned, anything's possible, but I. <laughs> you you don't see it though. Yeah. Okay. I hope I hope y'all are right. <laughs> uh, because I love basketball. But I, I know football makes college sports go around. As a U of H alum, U of H's long-term health needs to be in a Power 5 conference. Needs Power 5 budget. Let's put it like that because, Andy, you can speak on this. U of H, they're spending a lot. Mm-hmm. They're not making as much as they're spending. Right. So at some point, the world going to run dry without new money, a huge influx of money coming in. Basketball, the success of basketball is great. But it's not going to get Fox or CBS to ante up $40 million per year to the athletic department. So if UVH is not in the Power 5 conference, Within five years, how long can they continue doing this, Andy? Not for long. I'll just leave it at that because, like you mentioned, especially with all the investments they've done and football, and even they continue to make. I believe soon they're planning on building another football facility over by where their outdoor their field practice where they practice on the outdoors are. They're planning on making another facility around that area, right in front of where, what was it, the old charter school was um, that they recently closed. Like around that area, they're planning on making a new facility. So they continue to invest money into the football program at the most. And at some point, like you mentioned, it'll catch up to them if they don't get more revenue streams. And see, that's news to me. Well, I didn't, I didn't know that. Who, Who's behind that? I'm not entirely sure. But let's just say I'm I'm I, I am not an optimistic an, an optimistic person for the for the most part. But the last few days I'm really I guess choosing to believe the Pac twelve eventually is going to invite Houston to, to join the conference. 18, 24 months, I, I just, I choose to believe that. Pre-COVID, I was told um, Houston was beginning or going to begin talks with the Pac-12 about joining. Pre-COVID, and COVID changed everything. 
you know, would change travel. You wanted to reduce your expenses. You didn't want to travel far. You want your student assets to go, you know, beyond Texas, all that kind of things. But now realignment is being discussed again. And do you know Houston does have an administration in athletics? They do have some ties with the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They do have some people in office who used to work for Pac-12 school, Pac-12 programs. So I'm just choosing to be an optimist. I'm not an internal optimist because at some point, if it doesn't happen, you just got to move on and accept reality. But hopefully within these next 18 to 24 months, Houston will be my preference in Pac-12 because Will, Andy, Las Vegas is, I think, going to be a site for the basketball tournament for Pac-12. I mm-hmm. think it'll be a site for the football t- championship. Mm-hmm. And we can be in Vegas a lot, man. <laughs> man. That's a selfish you know, thing. But I think for the betterment of the Pac-12, you get them in Texas, you get them in the central time zone, Houston. Uh, it helps them as well. Just yeah, one of, one of the largest cities in the country. I think like fourth, fourth largest. Fourth, you know, the fourth largest. They still haven't passed Chicago yet. Uh, TV market wise, it's not. It's like eighth because they don't consider. I think Greater Houston, you know, like we do. But uh, I'm not sure how much longer we're going to talk about all this and then going forward because I think we got 18, 20, 24 months to wait and see. Will, yes, sir. I challenge you, man, to to start uh, bringing some college football content to to our show. Oh, I got you. Let's go. You know, so lean on you. Andy going to bring in some some Cougar talk for, for. Oh, I don't know. I sent it to you, Will. Andy, did did you see Houston Cougars football strength of schedule was like what was it? Oh yeah, it was t- towards the bottom of the, the entire fourteenth. You sent it to me? No, no. Yeah, no, I'm not sure I sent it to you. I sent it, like I said, no. to Andy and James. Out of the mm-hmm. one, one, 130 schools, Houston mm-hmm. think the schedule was like 115 out of 130. So that gets us back to what we said for a while. Eight and four is minimum because they're not playing anybody. <laughs> but... Yeah, especially right now with their trying to be as appealing as possible. With this schedule, they need to they need to start turning it around this year. They they need to start winning. I you know, this schedule even if they don't, even if they go six six and six or worse, this season I don't believe they have the money to to fire Dana. Next season is make a break. You know, just point blank, make a break for U.S. football because you get that much closer to TV negotiations, and you got to show people nationally that your football program is worth a damn. So they got to turn around next season. Uh, folks missed it. This is a tidbit for everybody. The Rockets training camp dates have not been announced yet. Waiting to hear from the NBA when they're going to announce. Uh, training camp practices, things of that sort. But I did see the NBA 
reportedly announced that the NBA personnel, so that's coaches, if you're interacting with the players, you must be vaccinated mm-hmm. for in-person contact. Well, that tells me, or it's indicated to me, media got to be the same way. Yeah. But that also tells me that Zoom Zoom going to be back for the, this season. Locker room access ain't happening. Just I don't see it happening. You know, at least for until 2022 at some point. And then you're going to have to show proof of vaccination. But I don't believe we're ever going to be back. Not ever. But we will not be in locker rooms anytime soon. Which is disappointing yeah. because, you know, some of the best talk will. And, you know. It's, NFL it's is different. Yeah, NFL is different. They 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 open it back up. They open it back up for vaccinated, as you said, proof of vaccinated media members. Unvaccinated unvaccinated media media members have no access to the field, no access to the press box, no access to the locker room. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was going to say that it's similar for they finally sent out the application for the credentials for the NRG Stadium game between U of H and uh, Texas Tech. And same thing, whenever you're applying, the first thing they ask you for is, um, or as a part of the application process, you need to show proof of vaccination to have access or else they won't grant you credential. Yep. Is that access for the field, locker rooms, or what? Uh, I, I'd imagine it's just uh, for, for at least for the NRG stadium and certainly for the press box. I'm not entirely too sure how they're going to do their post game, but I'd imagine if they do allow media um, to be in – wherever they do the post game for like Dana Hogerson and stuff. If you're there, you'd assume that you're vaccinated. So I'm not entirely too sure how they'll do it, but at least for the press box, like if you're not vaccinated, you won't be able to go in. And, you know, Hey, I'm vaccinated. I got no problem with that. You know, show my proof, but, and that's, I did see, I think Dave matter who covers Missouri Tigers athletics tweeted that, the SEC, SEC football, in-person access on the road will not be allowed, will not happen this season. Hmm. Um, so it's, it's Zoom calls for road games. So that's that's the SEC. So I'm kind of curious. NBA is trying to walk a, walk a fine line, how they're going to do things. It may be a while, even if we are vaccinated, and show proof that the in-person practices for the Rockets may be different. I'm all for it. Put us put us in the, the media room. Bring coach and the players to the table. We sit back far enough away from, from that table. That could work. I think that could work if you still want to distance us. Do that. But I miss it, man. I, I miss being talking to the fellas face to face. You know, Zoom calls are just it's effective, but it's not the same thing. Yep. You know, I miss talking to players just chopping it up with them off the record, you know, just about life sometimes, you know, talking about their alma maters, you know, if you got, if somebody on the Rockets, I don't know who it is right now, but as an example, somebody is an alum of an opponent U of H is playing. I'm talking smack with them before a game. Mm-hmm. If U of H wins, I'm talking smack with them after the game, you know, that kind of stuff, you know, players appreciate that. It's, just talk to them as people yep. instead of just quote machines. So I hope we do get back, get to that point soon. But I understand. Do what you got to do, man. Um, Welcome to be a long show today. 
anything you want you want to toss out there before we close it out? Let me get one more thing here. Get back to the banners to remind folks how they can find us. And anything you want to touch on, toss out there? Uh, no, just more sign that we're getting closer to the start of the football season. So the U of H had their cage rage event. So kind of a little uh, pep rally to kind of build buzz for the football season. But can't get here soon enough. <laughs> Have you heard from James or anybody there how many folks attended cage rage? Yeah, James was there. He was posting some updates. Apparently that, that was a huge line. Um, for people to get in, the, the line wrapped around. Uh, it seems like a good amount of people showed up, um, but he hasn't <laughs> provided any more updates since, but a pretty decent showing. Decent for U of H or well, decent I, for the Ohio State University? I'm assuming for the Ohio State, there's probably nothing, but based off this video, there's a good, good significant amount. But again, it's only one video I haven't seen. Um, too many posts about it. So, see, Will, we're learning, man. We're learning that uh, it's just different down here in the, compared to up there, man. It's just different. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, who does the Ohio State play first game? It's actually game week. It's game week. They kick off the season next Thursday, September second, at Minnesota. Um, yeah. You've eight. Uh, face Texas Tech September 4th. A week from tomorrow. At NRG. So let's see. Ohio State on Thursday. U of H on Saturday. Will, the Browns are done preseason. How are you looking for Sunday the 5th? That's right. This Labor Day Sunday. But how are you looking for that? Availability. Actually, I won't be. I'll be at uh, Tennessee State Grambling. Oh, Hall of Fame classic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when are you available next for our next show? Friday. Next Friday is great. Now that football season's in, Fridays are great. If that works for you guys. Yeah, a Friday Friday should be good. All right. That works for me. That should be good. So yeah, so let's do it. Next Friday, same time, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank Mr. you. Gibson, 8 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Thank you. September 3rd. So, yep, let's do it again. And uh, there'll be some more more football talk for a little while until we get some kind of announcement about when the Rockets, you know, practice begin, training camp begins. We'll go from there and wrap it up. As, you, as we started it, Armani Brooks re-signed with the Rockets, but it is an Exhibit 10 deal. It's a non-guaranteed deal. The Rockets have 14 guaranteed contracts. 15 spots on rosters. So Armani is fighting with Anthony Lamb. and So good luck to him. And one more thing. I, I forgot to touch on this. Dejan Giroux signed a two-way contract, not with the Miami Heat, but with the Indiana Pacers. The Heat beat writer Ira Winderman surmise that Miami did not sign Dejan because they want to keep that 15th spot open uh, for, you know, later in the season. Well, earlier in the season, guys like Giannis Haslam, they re-signed him. 
They're going with older guys. And some fans aren't happy. Why would the Heat bring back Udonis and not sign Dejon? Hmm. But Miami, you know, UD been there, what, 20 years with the organization? About that. 19, yeah. So, and he's not going to play early in the season. At all. So, like, yeah, you know, so Miami has like two or three other guys who either injuries or age weren't going to play, would not play early in the season. So there are Heat fans wondering why Miami did not sign Dejon to a two-way contract. I reached out to Dejon, haven't heard back from him yet, to try to get his, you know, thoughts on how the summer's gone and signing with the Pacers. So hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to him. Uh, for an interview, get them on the show, you know, either or. But two-way contract with the Pacers, wish him well. Um, going forward, you got other plans in, in store. Andy, are you a soccer fan? Uh, when it comes to national time, with <laughs> uh, national competitions, but not not as much. Or, or Will, I should have asked you. I'm not trying to be, you know, making assumptions. Are you a, an international football fan? International, not so much. But we do have the Columbus crew here, and they just ended a long losing streak. They won tonight, beat the Cincinnati FC. So I was, I was going to ask you, did they beat the, the Dynamo? Because Dynamo is struggling here. Boy, no, Dynamo. that's the women's league, right? No, no, that's the Dash. Dash is the Dash. women's league. Dash. Dynamo is a men's team. See how much of a fan I am? See. I was just going to ask you if anybody had any thoughts on Cristiano Ronaldo going back to Manchester United um, after all this time. So we'll get that with. Hey, folks talking sports, man. We're going to bring it out there just in the future. Money, 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 money. But, uh, fellas, thank you very much. Next Friday, September 3rd, our next next edition of Folks Talking Sports, 8 p.m. Eastern. Mr. Gibson. How can Thanks. folks find you on the internet? Uh, they can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, Will Gibson Seven. Uh, Facebook, uh, the Will Knows page. Will Knows podcast is forthcoming, and um, WTGSports.com. Andy, how can folks find you on the internet? Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at Aonis underscore five. Uh, I'll take this time to plug, but. Pod Slime and Jamma podcast. If you haven't done so, go check out our episode that came out yesterday, actually. Uh, we got a chance to, Dayon and I got a chance to interview uh, UH men's basketball assistant, Juanis White, and it was a great interview, about 35 or so minutes. I mean, he gave good tidbits, talked a little bit about the guards, had high praise for Marcus Sasser, Trump and Mark. He had really high praise for uh, Taze Moore, called them the best defender he's ever been around so he had some high praise for him talked about what he's learned under Calvin Sampson even a little bit about Quentin and Dejan too so it was a good episode and Taze Moore most likely is going to come off the bench yeah. this year's Houston team is deeper and more athletic than last year's final 14 yeah going down the list I mean we we probably talked about five Guards and I mean we 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 almost missed out on uh, Kyler Edwards. We had transferred from Texas Tech just because we spent a bulk talking about Sasser, Mark, and and Jamal Shed and Taze Moore. I mean they they are deep when you go down the list of the roster. They're they're so deep 
Ramon Walker probably won't play this year. Yeah, that yeah, there's another one. And, and he's he was the best player in the city of Houston last last year in, in high school. So it's gonna be a fun season basketball wise for U of H men's basketball. I think U of H women, same will be good for them. Fellas, I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review, HoustonRoundBarview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube. You see it going across the screen there on Twitter, VHR Review. Rocket fans, don't worry. Just a little lull between now and training camp beginning. But Rocket content will, will be back on Folks Talking Sports. Don't sweat that. Don't doubt it. It'll be here strong. But the folks talking sports, we talk more than just Rockets. So what are you going to say, Andy? No, I was just going to say that it's coming up pretty soon. We're about to be in September already. Yeah, so it's it's because preseason begins in October. Early October. Early October, Rockets have four preseason games. And then the games, for real, count in mid-late October. So we're almost there. All right, fellas. See you all September 3rd on the next Folks Talking Sports show. Reminder, go to my YouTube channel to see my interview with Steven Johnson, the beat writer for the Memphis Tigers. We talked about our conversation, talked about Money Bates signing with, committing to Memphis, how it impacts the Tigers, the AAC. Uh, and remember, Steven Johnson, he believes that Memphis can be one of the top teams in the country, but Memphis will not sweep Houston. <laughs> he said that. I agree with him. Obviously, I agree with him. Yeah. But the national folks, all about Memphis, Memphis this, Memphis that. That's absurd. Okay. The best team in the conference, until proven otherwise, is still the Houston Cougars. They made sure. They tweeted out. People knew. Thank you very much, fellas. Y'all take care. See you next Friday, September 3rd, on our next Folks Talking Sports. See ya.